You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Take your Bibles, if you will, to Psalm chapter 136, Psalm 136. And if you're able, if you could please stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God, Psalm chapter 136, and we'll read this uh, chapter here, uh, 26 verses, Psalm chapter 136. And if you're glad to be alive tonight, say amen. 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 I think that's probably like 98% of us, amen. And uh, for the other 2%, I'm not sure what to say, amen. But uh, Psalm 136 and verse number one, the Bible says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. O give thanks unto the Lord, uh, O give thanks unto the God of gods, for his mercy endureth forever. Verse 3, O give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his mercy endureth forever. To him who alone doeth great wonders, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that by wisdom hath made the heavens, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that stretched out the earth above the waters, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that made great lights, for his mercy endureth forever. The sun to rule by day, for his mercy endureth forever. The moon and stars to rule by night, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that smote Egypt in their firstborn, for his mercy endureth forever. And brought out Israel from among them, for his mercy endureth forever. With a strong hand, and with a stretched out arm, for his mercy endureth forever. To him which divided the Red Sea into parts, for his mercy endureth forever. And made Israel to pass through the midst of it, for his mercy endureth forever. But overthrew Pharaoh and his host in the Red Sea, for his mercy endureth forever. To him which led his people through the wilderness, for his mercy endureth forever. To him which smote great kings, for his mercy endureth forever. And slew famous kings, for his mercy endureth forever. Sihon, king of the Amorites, for his mercy endureth forever. And Og, the king of Bashan, for his mercy endureth forever. And gave their land for an heritage, for his mercy endureth forever. Even an heritage unto Israel his servant, for his mercy endureth forever. Who remembered us in our low estate, for his mercy endureth forever. And hath redeemed us from our enemies, for his mercy endureth forever. Who giveth food to all flesh, for his mercy endureth forever. O give thanks unto the God of heaven, for his mercy endureth forever. Amen. And let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for your mercy, and we thank you that it's of the Lord's mercies we're not consumed. And we are so thankful tonight that your mercy endures, it lasts, it continues forever. And I pray that you'd help us to be settled in this matter tonight. May we be reminded. I pray that we would be encouraged tonight that Although our feelings change and although our actions change, your actions and your feelings do not change. Your mercy lasts forever 
and ever and ever. We are so thankful for that promise. I pray you'd speak to us tonight from your word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. We spoke this morning of the Lord's mercies, and I'd like to continue that subject this evening as we continue our series through the Psalms. Psalm 136, there are 26 verses, and every single verse makes that statement that God's mercy endureth forever. Now, that, is, that alone is a concept that's hard for us to understand because there are not a lot of things that we can say that they last a long time. Now, there are some things maybe around your house that if you were to go through and you were to look and you were to consider, maybe there are some things that you have in your house that have lasted you for 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 years or maybe longer, maybe some things that have been passed down from previous generations. I know for some of the men in this room especially, maybe there's some tools that you have had and maybe tools that you use often and those tools uh, you bought them at a time and you bought the best quality and that tool or that set of tools has lasted you a long time. Maybe there's some of you in this room and I know obviously it's not only the ladies that, that cook. I, I sometimes make that mistake and I have men that correct me. And just because I cannot cook, and by the way, it's nothing that I'm proud of, but just because I cannot cook does not mean that other men cannot cook. But maybe you've got some cooking utensils that have lasted you a long time. Maybe you've got some pots and pans, or maybe you've got some, some skillets, or maybe you have some different utensils that have lasted for a long, long time. Can I tell you, there are a lot of things we have that don't last very long. Think about the phone that you have right now. First of all, if you're prone to drop your phone, I would recommend that you invest in a case that does last a long time and that is durable. Uh, what do they have those otter box or whatever they're called that they say you can run it over and throw it. I wouldn't try that, but they say you can do those things and it helps your phone to last. But even if you protect your phone, even if you don't drop your phone, you know what's true about technology? Doesn't last long. We were talking the other day, Brother Dan and I, and I forget who else was with us, but we we're talking about with all the new technology, um, and this is not a conspiracy theory, but we think they make the other technology, the older technology, even worse so that you want to buy the newer technology, you know, and, uh, and they have a way of doing that. A phone doesn't last very long. A computer doesn't last very long. Maybe you've got in your home, maybe you've got a, a television. You remember when they used to be as big as a piece of furniture? And some of those did last a long time. Now, they lasted. You couldn't see anything, but at least it was there. It was a nice decoration, you know, with all the, the ant races that were going on on the screen. But most things don't last a long time. Gadgets don't last very long. Uh, shoes, maybe you get a good pair of shoes. Uh, I have a, a pair of shoes I'm wearing now. It's a great pair of shoes. I took it over to um, uh, Ed's shoe shop over the other day, and he did an amazing job just getting the, uh, the soles redone so you can keep wearing them, and, uh, and, and you'll do things like that just to make them last longer. Clothes don't usually last too long, especially if you have small children. I would not recommend spending a lot of money on clothes because children are are good at destroying your clothes. 
Uh, maybe you've got clothes that you've had since you were in high school. First of all, I congratulate you that you can still fit into them. That right there is a modern day miracle. But then the fact that they last. There are things in life that don't last very long. I think about cars. Uh, maybe some of you that have uh, pickup trucks, those last a long time usually. Uh, diesel uh, engines will usually last uh, a long time. And you'll talk to truck drivers uh, who have gone a million miles or 800,000 miles or whatever. There's a man who is in the Guinness Book of World Records. His name is Irving Gordon. He currently holds the record for the highest vehicle mileage on a personal car with over 3 million miles on his 1966 Volvo. He estimates that he drives, even here recently, 100,000 miles a year visiting car shows. The longest stretch in one trip, he has driven from New York all the way to Vancouver, Canada for a car show. He was interviewed by Popular Mechanics after he set the world record, and he detailed the maintenance of his vehicle. Pretty simple. He said, oil changes every 3,000 to 3,500 miles, changes his transmission fluid every 25,000 miles, but just taking care of his car. An amazing feat was the fact that his original clutch in this manual transmission vehicle, the original clutch lasted 450,000 miles. The average lifespan of a clutch is about 50,000, and if you get up to 100,000, you're doing good. But this car, some have said it was just built very well. Others have said that this man just took extremely good care of the car. I think probably both of those are true, but his car lasted for 3 million miles. Most in this room could not say that your car has lasted 3 million miles. Maybe some in this room, uh, your car hasn't lasted 100,000 miles or, or 75,000 or whatever, but cars don't last long. Most cars that are uh, anywhere near this age or this even close to this mileage, they've, they're in the junkyard. But what's amazing to me is that in Psalm 136, God tells us about something that lasts forever. We talked about it this morning. It's God's mercy. Would you turn with me, hold your place in Psalm 136. Would you turn with me to Psalm 100? God's mercy endures forever. Notice in Psalm 100, something else that endures forever. It's found in verse number five. It says, for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and His truth endureth to all generations. Aren't you glad that God's truth lasts forever? Aren't you glad that what was true last year is still true today? And what was true a hundred years ago is still true today. And what was true a thousand years ago is true today. And it will be forever because it is God's eternal truth. It's found in Psalm 117, too, also that his truth endureth forever. Turn with me to Psalm 111. Psalm 111 in verse number three. The Bible says his work is honorable and glorious and his righteousness endureth forever. I'm glad that God's righteousness and God's holiness will last forever. You don't have to wake up tomorrow morning and wonder, I wonder if God's still righteous. 
I wonder if God is still holy. Yes, he is, and he will be forever. His righteousness endureth forever, also found in Psalm 112. Turn with me to Psalm 135. Psalm 135 and verse number 13. The Bible says, Thy name, O Lord, endureth forever, and thy memorial, O Lord, throughout all generations. It's amazing to me how names of people, they can be so popular one minute, and a year later, people have forgotten them. It's interesting in sports, many of us would probably remember and, and, and know these names. I was telling uh, my girls the other day, we were talking about uh, baseball cards and, 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 and uh, uh, sports cards that you can collect. When I was a boy, I used to collect baseball cards with my dad. My dad grew up, and Brother John, he was a New York Yankees fan, so that's why I like to talk to you about the Yankees uh, from time to time. But my dad, growing up, it was Mickey Mantle. It was Roger Maris. It was Whitey Ford. Those were the New York Yankees superstars and won World Series and MVPs and home run uh, uh, um, uh, honors and all those things. And, and we'd collect some of those cars. When, when I grew up, those were old cards. They're even older now. But if you were to talk to a young person today and you say Mickey Mantle, they'd say, who is Mickey Mantle? If you were to say Willie Mays, they would say, who is Willie Mays? If you say Babe Ruth, they'd say, oh yeah, the candy bar. Yeah, I know about that. But those names at one time, those were the names. They're gone now. Uh, they've passed off the scene. But you know what's wonderful is that the name of God endures forever. His name is still above every name. His name lasts forever and His name will last for all of eternity. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse number 25, you don't have to turn there, but it says, the word of the Lord endureth forever. I'm glad we've got the Bible and I'm glad this book lasts and I'm glad that it lasts forever. Things in life don't last very long, but the mercy of God, the truth of God, the righteousness of God, the name of God, the word of God will last forever. We find that phrase, his mercy endureth forever. We find it many times in the Bible. Most of those are recorded in Psalm 136. We also see it in 1 Chronicles 16. It says, oh, give thanks unto the Lord for he is good for his mercy endureth forever. We find it in 2 Chronicles 5 and 2 Chronicles 7 and 2 Chronicles 20 that his mercy endureth forever. Ezra talks about it in Ezra 3.11. He says that God's mercy endures forever. And then Jeremiah in chapter 33 and verse 11, he reminds us that God's mercy endures forever. I'm not very smart. Please don't say amen there. But I think that God wants us to be reminded of something. I think he wants us to be reminded that his mercy endures forever. The mercy that God showed you when you, when you got saved, he's not going to change his mind. He's not going to take that mercy back. 
He's not going to say, you know, I gave you mercy, but then you did this and then you did this. So uh, forget it. I, I'm not giving it to you anymore. God's mercy has been extended. It's been offered and his mercy lasts forever. No matter who you are. No matter where you've been. No matter what you have done, no matter what you are going through, God's mercy endures forever. Look at Psalm 136 very quickly. I see number one, we see God's mercy endures forever. And we see number one, what God is. It says in verse number one, oh, give thanks unto the Lord for he is what? He's good. God is good and he always will be good. That's not up for debate. Uh, that God's not on trial. God doesn't have to meet your approval. He doesn't have to meet my expectations. If I think God's not good, but the Bible says God is good, then I'm wrong and the Bible's right and God is still good. God doesn't have to prove anything to you, although if you look around, if you open your eyes, if you just count your blessings, you would have to say tonight, that God has been far better to us than we deserve. God is good. Number one, we see what he is. Number two, we see who he is. Notice in verse number uh, four, it says to, uh, excuse me, verse number two, oh, give thanks unto the God of gods. Verse three, oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords. Now, I understand and you understand there's only one true God. But in the day that David was recording these psalms and the psalmists were recording these, Israel had one true God, Jehovah God, but there were other nations and other nations thought they had the true God and other nations worshiped their gods. And David said, I need to set the record straight. I need to make sure that you know the God I'm talking about, he's not one of many, he's the one and only. He is the God of gods and he is the Lord of all lords. He is God and he always will be. And beside him, Isaiah says, there is none else. He's the only one. Verse five, he has wisdom and by his wisdom, he made the heavens. That leads us to number three. Not only what he is and who he is, but number three, what he has done. Notice what God has done. Verse number four, he has done great wonders, great miracles. Verse five, he made the heavens. Verse six, he stretched out the earth. Verse seven, the great lights. He made the great lights that are in the sky. Verse eight, he made the sun. Verse nine, he made the moon and the stars. He set up the, the lights, the, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. Uh, Genesis 1 says, and then it says, and he made the stars also. I was talking to the children in children's choir and we try to study something from God's creation. Sometimes it's an animal. Sometimes it's just a fact about uh, a mountain or a tree or whatever. But we were talking today about the grains of sand. You know who made every grain of sand? God. But you know who made every star in our galaxy and all of the galaxies, and we don't even know how many galaxies there are? 
we, we have estimated that there are 400 billion stars just in our galaxy, but we're not even really sure there may be more than that just in our galaxy. And when we're talking about stars, we're talking about stars in some cases that are much bigger than our sun. We're talking about stars that make the earth look like a dwarf in comparison. And God made those, but God also made the sand. He made the tiniest speck of dust. He made it all. That's the God. That's what he has done. He made the earth. He let us live here. Kind of thankful for that. It's kind of nice to have a place to live. He made it. He created it. He made the beauty of the earth. He made the sun and the moon and the stars. And he put everything in place. Verse number 10. Now it gets specific for what God had done for Israel. It says in verse 10 that he smote Egypt in their firstborn. Of course, that was the last of the plagues where Pharaoh and the Egyptians finally said, get out of here. We don't want you here. All these plagues and, and all of the judgment of God. And they, they, they sent them out. And then, of course, after they sent them out, they had second thoughts. And they said, wait a minute. We can't let them go. We've got to go get them. But God smote Egypt. It says in verse 11 that he brought them out. Aren't you glad that God can bring you out of a bad situation? Aren't you glad that God can bring you out of bondage and he can bring you out of captivity? And I'm not just talking about physical uh, uh, captivity. You know, you're locked up, you're chained up. I'm talking about emotional. I'm talking about spiritual. I'm talking about financial. God can do the miraculous. He can bring you out because his mercy endures forever. It says in verse 12, notice how he did it. He did it with a strong hand and with a stretched out arm. It, there was no question who was stronger. There was, no, there was no wondering or scratching your head thinking, hmm, I wonder if God's got more power than Pharaoh. You know how God did it? He did it with power and authority, and there was no doubt in anybody's mind that God was supreme. Notice how he did it. It says in verse 13, he divided the Red Sea. There have been, there have been historians, and there have been um, uh, scoffers, I should say, and there have been doubters, and people have said, well, God didn't really part the Red Sea. That wasn't the Red Sea that they went through. That was a smaller body of water in that region. It was called the Reed Sea. And it was just a marshy area, and they just, you know, they, they went through that, and you know, whatever. And uh, uh, one, uh, one Bible scholar said, well, if that's the case, I'm even more amazed because God drowned Pharaoh and his whole army in a little swamp. That's a miracle right there. But God not only parted the Red Sea for Israel to get through, but then he brought it back down on Pharaoh and his army and destroyed them because, Why? Because his mercy endureth forever. He, verse number 13, divided the Red Sea. Verse 14, made Israel to pass through. Verse 15, but then he overthrew Pharaoh and his host in the Red Sea. Verse 16, isn't this amazing? God can not only do the big things, but he can do the little things. God doesn't just show up for the big days. God shows up for the average day. God shows up for... Monday morning when you go to work. 
God doesn't just show up when you're uh, having a big event in your life, but notice what it says. He led them through the wilderness. 40 years, and every day, God gave them food to eat. Every day, God gave them water to drink. The Bible says that God made it to where their shoes would not wear out, to where their clothes would not wear out. God took care of them every single day for 40 years. Aren't you glad that God specializes not just in the big things, but he takes care of the little things? Maybe some of you are really good with details. Maybe you're really good at just handling all the little stuff. Some of us are not very good with handling all the little stuff. And sometimes we forget about the little stuff. And sometimes we let the little stuff go. But can I tell you, God is aware of every need that you have, no matter how small it is. God can take care of it. Why? Because his mercy endures forever. Notice verse number 17. God smote, God destroyed the great kings. He slew famous kings. Then I love verses 19 and 20. God gets specific. Have you ever known somebody who tells big stories, but it's all kind of general? Oh, yeah, you should have seen what I told somebody the other day. And you're like, yeah, right. You didn't tell anybody anything. You maybe thought about telling them. You should have seen the other. Oh, you should have seen this. But there's never anybody there to witness it, you know. And some preachers, not anybody that preaches behind this pulpit here, maybe some of our assistant pastors, but not any of the other guest preachers. But sometimes preachers, you know, they'll kind of exaggerate. Oh, yeah, I was doing this, that, or the other. But here's what God says. He says, I've, I, I have defeated some great kings. I've defeated some famous kings. And let me tell you who they were. Sihon and Og, those were the big names of the day. Those were the kings that people feared. Those were like the Goliaths of the day when the children of Israel were going through the wilderness. And God said, I took care of them. I took care of those guys. I got them out of your way. And by the way, if God can take out the Sihons and God can take out the Ogs and God can take out the Goliaths, he can take care of the big problem that you have and he can take care of the big need that I have as well. God did the big things and God did the great things and he fought the difficult battles for his people. And I love it. He says, and let me give you some names. Let me give you some specifics. And then verse 21, he said, I gave their land for an heritage. Not only did I destroy those kings, but here it is. I've given you their land. It's yours. It is now your inheritance. But then verse number 23 I think it gets real personal, not just for Israel, but I think it gets real personal for us. It says that same God who spoke the worlds into existence, that same God who brought out the Israelites from Egypt and took care of them in the wilderness and who destroyed those great, powerful kings uh, in the wilderness, that same God. Verse 23, He remembered us in our lowest state. Now, I want you to think about this, and I'm, I'm not saying, I am certainly not saying this to be negative about our president. I'm thankful for our president, and I'm thankful for all that our president has done. And uh, I'm praying for our president, and I hope you'll pray for our president as well. 
But I want you to think about our president because our president would be, and in my opinion, uh, humanly speaking, I'm not talking about spiritual things or maybe a pastor or a, a great spiritual mentor, but our president would be, uh, I believe, the most powerful man in the world to be the president of the United States of America most powerful and that's why you need to vote in november because that is not a position that we can say oh it's not a big deal it's a huge deal but i want you to imagine this if you met the president and, by, and maybe there's somebody in here is there anyone in here that has ever met and or, or shaken hands with or, or even been in just the same room with president trump is there anybody that's ever been met the president all right, is there anybody that's ever met any U.S. president? One, two, three, four, five. Folks, we are in the presence of greatness right here. And those five people will be signing autographs for a small fee uh, right after the service. Okay, so we've got five. Let's use that for an example. These five, they have met a president. Now, when they met the president, if they knew they were going to meet the president, I promise you, they prepared themselves for that meeting. I promise you that they made sure that what they were wearing looked nice. I, they probably washed their face that day. That would have been, a, Caleb didn't. Caleb doesn't wash his face any day, so at least he was consistent. Uh, but they, they, they were clean. They were presentable. They probably got there early. They probably made sure that if they got the chance to shake the hand or to speak, they knew exactly what they were going to say, and they, they were excited about that moment, and they were at their best, I would assume. Now, I don't mean to hurt these five people. I don't mean to hurt your feelings. But do you think that the president that you met, do you think he remembers you? Caleb's leaving us hanging like, well, you know he doesn't. Well, not for the right reasons anyway, right? There are some people that you remember, but it's not for the right things. Anybody else? You think the president remembers meeting you? Wow, probably not. You know what? You were at your best on that day. That would have been your best presentation. That would have been your every, you were, you were showing the best that you had to offer to society. But I got some news for you. The King of Kings and Lord of Lords, He remembers us, but not at our best. He took us at our worst. He took us when we were at the lowest. He took us when we were in the gutter. He took us when we had nothing to offer Him and he remembered us. And if you, were, if you were to talk to God and you were to say, do you remember the day that you saved Jeremy Coburnett? He wouldn't have to scratch his head and say, now, Jeremy who? Oh, he remembers. And he still loves us. And he still cares for us. Even though we had nothing to offer him, he remembered us when we were at our lowest point. He knows our every thought. He knows our every struggle. He cares about our every need. And He loves us with a love that is everlasting. 
And then look at verse 24. It goes a step further. Not only does He remember us, but He redeemed us. He hath redeemed us from our enemies. He redeemed us, meaning that He bought us or He paid a price to get us back. You see, not only does God remember you, but God came looking for you. He, he sought after you. He went out of his way to find you. I guarantee you the president probably did not go out of his way to meet any of these five people uh, when they had that meeting. I bet you these five people had to go to where the president was to meet the president. But God said, you don't have to come to me. I will come to you. And better yet, I'll send my son to seek and to save that which was lost. He redeemed us. He bought us with his precious blood. He paid the highest price possible for the most worthless sinners of all. You say, how could he do that? Because his mercy endures forever. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.